Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Football Podcast in association with Luke Williamson Art and the Football from Race 21 quiz book. More on those after. Um, just want to start off by saying thank you to the guest from my last episode, number 59. That was John Hamilton. Um, if you haven't heard it already, go back and give that a listen. Uh, my guest for this one is part of the team uh, responsible for the Fools Rush In podcast, uh, Swindon Town fan, Fifey. And also, um, you may have seen on social media recently, or, or not, I don't know, um, but I just hit the landmark of 2,000 total plays. So for anyone who's given this even a few seconds over the last three and a bit years, thank you very, very much. Um, hopefully, I can hit the next 1,000 in a shorter time frame. Fingers crossed, who knows? But that being said, it's time for kickoff. Okay, I'd like to welcome to episode 60, yes, I've got that far, believe it or not, of the Project Football podcast from the Fools Rush In podcast, uh, Fifey, welcome, and I should mention it's Swindon Town as well, there you go. So, Fifey, welcome to the Project Football podcast, mate, how are you doing? No, I'm, I'm really well, thank you for inviting me, I was buzzing to get the uh, the invitation, I love um when you get to collaborate with other podcasters and content creators, and it's a, it's always a privilege to, to be able to do so. So uh, thank you very much for the invite. Uh, thank you for accepting more, more, more than anything. Um, so we'll start with the podcast itself, obviously okay. Swindon town based. Yep. Now I've got an idea as to where the name come from, from looking at your X or Twitter banner, whatever you call it. But yep. for those who haven't seen it, yep. do you want to explain where the name come from? Yeah, so um, Fools Rush In, when we started um, when we started it, we were initially, our very first couple of episodes were just called STFC Fan Chat. Um, when we decided we wanted to take it a bit more seriously, we decided it needed a real name, essentially. So um, it comes from the chant that, that a lot of clubs up and down the, the country sing. And, and initially we were going to say, we were going to call ourselves Wise Men Say, uh, but we found out there was already a podcast by that name. And then we decided Fools Rush In suited us better because um, for anyone who who does take the time and and we appreciate anyone that does to to either watch our live streams or or listen to our podcasts, um, it is generally chaos and carnage. So uh, Fools Rush In definitely suits us better than wise men. (laughs) And that is the line to... I can't help falling in love with you by exactly Elvis. Which exactly I've got it. Wise men say part is it Sunderland? I think. Yeah, I, I, I think. 50% 50% of the, the clubs up and down the uh, the country sing it, to be fair. But, yeah, the, you've got the, the right song there. That's and lovely, the, yeah. that, that's what, and, and to be honest, I never really thought of it at the time. Um, I mean, I knew where it came from, but there's been in the last 12 months since, since we've managed to kind of grow our, our reach a little bit bigger, um, when I'm attending games and the fans are chanting that, it, it kind of hits that bit harder when, when they yeah. when they start going uh, only fools rush in. It, it does hit that bit harder. And we uh, if there's a group of us because there's twelve of us at the core um, the, the core group of, of FRI. Um, if there's say a group of us all at the game together and, and like we're stood in a line or whatever, we all just kind of look at each other and smile while all the fans around us are, are chanting it. it. You've got thousands of people singing the name of your podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I can't imagine that will catch on for what mine's called but hey you never know you never know somewhere, we'll see we'll in, see what we can do somewhere in deepest darkest estonia maybe yeah possibly <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
if that if that ever comes up online on a video, I will. I might just stop. Do you know just, what you, yeah. you you say things like that? But when when this episode gets shared, that there, there will be at least a handful of Swindon fans that will listen to that. And say right, we will get Project Football into a chat somewhere yeah. just <laughs> just so you have to react to it. Uh, that would be that'd be fantastic. I'm not saying you've got to do it, but yeah, you know, we'll we'll just leave it there. Just we'll put on the Rogue Promises spreadsheet. Yeah, Rogue being probably the operative word in that. <laughs> so, how did the whole pod come about then? So, um. I, growing up from from probably age 10, 11, I always wanted to be a sports journalist. Uh, it's it's what I had my, my heart set on. It's what I had my head set on. Um, I knew I wasn't gifted nor fit enough to, to be a, a footballer. So I wanted to, to do sports journalism. Um, right up to it, it formed my choices for GCSEs. It formed my choices for A-levels. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I did all right. I, I did decent academically but when it came to the end of my third year at college and uh, and your your tutor or, or whatever the official term was says to you um we don't really think you're built for university we think you should go out into the real world and get a job uh that kind of put pay to it so i you know i, I was like okay I, I gave it what i could it didn't quite happen um i started then to do a bit of blog writing because i still had the urge to write uh, and I was fortunate enough that there was a kind of Swindon Town fanzine that would let me do a few bits and pieces and, and it got some good traction. So then I started doing my own series where I would preview the weekend's games and I would speak to a different fan. Um, I would either speak to a Swindon fan for home games or an away fan for away games and start incorporating their quotes into it. But moving with the times, people just aren't that interested in reading anymore. They They like to be able to listen. They like to be able to watch. Um, and when lockdown came, so I'm based in, in Leicestershire, um, my family all down in Swindon, a um, few different bits went on in, in my in my personal life. So I suddenly had more time on my hands to an extent as well. Um, so I decided I still want to pursue this. And, and yes, it might not be able to be a profession, but doesn't mean I can't enjoy doing it. So I, you know, I, I had Zoom, I had Teams and stuff. And and I reached out to sort of six or seven of the, the better guests for me when I was writing the blogs uh, because they had opinions. And whether we agreed or not, I liked their opinions. So I reached out to them and said, I've got this idea. I think you'd be great at it for this reason. Do you want to get involved? It took a bit of planning. Um, we recorded, like I say, the first few. We, our, our view, our initial thing was to do like a once a month view of what was going on at Swindon. Um, and that was just over three years ago now, obviously COVID times. And we've grown now that we do a, a twice weekly live stream on a Monday and a Friday. We, we as I say, got the proper name. Uh, we have returning guests. We we don't just cover Swindon, which I think people appreciate. We we look at local football uh, in terms of non-league. We we cover a lot of women's football as well. We've had guests on from from women's football teams not again not just Swindon but but broaden that out we've had ex-professionals coming on um and we we have the live chat facilities so people get to know us which is still kind of weird for me because they see me twice a week so when I go to say the county ground if I if I travel down for a game or whatever there'll be there'll be people there going you're right Fifey how are you doing Fifey and I'm like I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm not sure who you are. <laughs> you, you, and then they explain because obviously they're just a, an icon and stuff in the live chat. And, and I say, look, I'm really sorry. I would love to know who everyone is. 
but I'm also fundamentally really bad at remembering names. It takes me a good couple of times of meeting people to remember who they are. Um, But yeah, so we've, we've just done, it was three years in, I want to say, no, November, three years in November. Um, And uh, yeah, we, uh, it's a really fortuitous position, you know, Yes, it's it's not the job that I, I always wanted to do, but I, I absolutely love it. I, I can't tell people enough how much I love doing FRI, the people we've got to meet, the things we've got to do. Um, I'd say with meeting other content creators like yourself and being able to collaborate, that like I say, meeting fa- fans walking up to you again saying, you know, what, what you think is great to see, it's great to finally meet you. I, I had a really, really bizarre um, and, it, and it was absolutely lovely, but a really bizarre situation last season. Um, went to Mansfield away, which is obviously quite local for me. And uh, I met up with a couple of the other guys and we were chatting and, and one Swindon fan walked up and, and he was like, Fife, it's so great to actually finally meet you in person. And, and I found out who was. He said, he said, can I ask you a question? I was like, yeah, absolutely. He said, do you mind if I have a selfie? I said, I'll only say yes if you let me have one with you. So we're both stood there and taking because <laughs> like, it's bizarre. I'm just, I'm just a guy who who decided to do a podcast and I can't get my head around it. And we got to a point now where people are are messaging me, whether it's Swindon related stuff or just chats, the amount of people that I've given my phone number out to, and we'll, we'll just conversate daily that aren't even just the podcast guys. I love the doors it's open for me because I'm, I'm quite a socially awkward person. I'm rubbish in social situations. I'm rubbish at talking to people generally. Um, it's only in situations that I'm comfortable in that I can kind of express myself a little bit. Yeah. So the fact that that almost awkward bit of two people kind of introducing themselves is done and they already know who I am and I have an idea of who they are. Um, it's, it's, it's so good. And it, and it keeps my connection to home as well in terms of Swindon. So, um, you know, the fact that we frame it around Swindon town, but we've built it from a, a monthly thing that we record on Zoom to a twice weekly live stream where we're getting however many people watching and then listening back. And, and, and it's as much as that's great. It's the interaction side of things on, on whether it's social media or in person. I, I just absolutely love it. That's the thing. Isn't it? It, it opens, like I say, doors to doing different things. I mean, I, 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 from my side of things, like um, doing the music segment that I do, has introduced me to so many new bands and yeah. some that I've had the chance to see live. And just when you think, oh, they, they sound good on, I want to say record, because, you know, I'm old. Um, <laughs> I'll say old, I'm 41, but anyway, you know, they, they sound good. We're, on, we're in the same earphones. sort of bracket on forms, mate, because, you know, now that I'm 34, we're kind of in that 34 to 45 bracket. slight overlap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you see them doing their thing on stage, you're like, damn. Yeah, you know that you're absolutely blown away. I mean, examples: Columbia, the Heavy North, City Lights, Marseille, and that's just a few. And they're all ones that have been on here as well. But they've been at, they're top blokes, top bands. So, yeah, I wouldn't have even thought about you know tracking them down to to see them live. I say tracking them yeah. down, I'm not stalker by any street. Yeah. But you know, if they're performing live, like, oh, okay, I'm not working. Go and watch them mind blown um and again like you say you got the that interaction with people mm-hmm. who you wouldn't have normally you know converse with again you know i can no, message no. them or they'll message me and just sort of like all right how are you doing that you know that sort of thing 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's become, I, I like to call it like a little community or a family because there, there's a few of us dotted around that the core group obviously would be in Swindon and there's a few of us dotted around, but we, we try and get together, obviously games and stuff where we can, but we, we generally do a, like a Christmas do or a, or a post-season do and where we can just go out. It doesn't even have to be about the football, we can just go out, but it's never just us. We're always inviting some of our, our closest that... that have, have been engaged with us and have come along yeah. the journey. I mean, there, there was one game last season where I went out for, there was about, again, there's 12 of us in the group, but there was about six of us, I think, met up with a couple of families who watch our show and we all went out for breakfast and stuff together before the game and stuff, which it, it's just mental to think that people are accepting you like that because, yeah. again, it's it's not something I'm I'm that familiar with. It, and... Uh, so it's it's really nice and it like I say it's just offered me so much more than I ever ever expected it to. I suppose you say therein lies the beauty and the randomness. Yeah. Basically, I, you know, not trying to sound philosophical or anything, but it is, isn't it? You know, the 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 fact that you know someone's watching your show or listening to it from however far away, yeah, and then you know you end up meeting them and you know you, you end up you could end up friend you know best friends for life. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't know, you don't know, do you? So, so the guys that I do it with, so, so there's me plus 11, obviously. I never knew any of them by, by person um, until I started doing it. I knew them as people that I'd conversed with on social media and they'd taken part in my blogs when I was a bit younger. But I never knew them as people. Right up until the point when I met one of them, I realised that we had met once before. I say met. Um, <laughs> he, he, we didn't have a clue who each other was, but um, he, I kind of knew who he was because he's quite I wouldn't say popular on social media but he's quite a known social media figure within Swindon Town and right. uh, it was it was Burton away many many years ago well before FRI started and he just walked in front of me and and I kind of knew who he was so I was like oh you're all right and you know blanked me but now we're we're, we're good mates and we, we talk again we talk every day on WhatsApp and uh, we, we live stream twice a week together that's the thing it's just like it's like hang on, is that so and so and then by the time you realize I mean I had something similar happen to uh to me when I walked past Lee Hughes at our local shopping centre many years ago. Yeah. This was before all his, you know, all that went on. Yeah. And I just finished working a, a light shift at McDonald's there. Um, walking down through the centre. Uh, my dad was picking me up. And you know, all shops are closing up and what have you. And uh walked past and sort of, you know, brush against his shoulders. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. sorry. And it's like, oh, hang on. That was and then by the time you sort of, you know, gone another few yards either way, it's like, damn it, I had my chance then. But yeah. uh, these things happen. No, so, they absolutely do. Um, moving on then. So we've covered, like, how the, the pod got going. Um, yeah. How did you get into being a Swindon fan? So I was I was born in Swindon. Um, but as a kid, we moved up to Scotland. I think I was two. I'm pretty sure I was two when we moved up there. Um so being born in 1990, I, I started to kind of get into football around 98. Um, I, my first game I can remember watching was the, the Man U Bayern Munich game uh, in the Champions League final in 99. Not a bad um, way to start, is it? No, no. I feel it's the first game I can really remember watching. I know that I watched a little bit of France 98 because I kind of remember Scotland v Brazil. Yeah. Um, and, and things like that, and, and Brazil, France. But I really started getting into it around about 99. Um, so 
being up up in Scotland, you, you take your pick of one of two, pretty much. My my granddad was actually, although he lived down south, he, he was Scottish. Um, my dad was Scottish as well. So I followed my dad and, and supported, I say supported, I followed Rangers. Um, my granddad was Partick Thistle fan. Um, okay. So they would they would come up in the summer holidays and we would and they would always try and time it that we'd go and see like Partick Thistle's first home game of the season and stuff. Um, but the rest of my family, like my dad's side, were into football. My mum's side weren't really. Uh, so when we then moved back down south, when I was kind of 10, 11, I got the opportunity through school to kind of go to game. My first swimming game was a pre-season friendly um, against Man United's under-19 team, I think it was at the time. Uh, they lost 1-0. It was one of those where my nan had packed me a, like a packed lunch to take with me and stuff. <laughs> and and then the next day I went and watched Yeovil versus a, a non-league, uh, a Yeovil versus Wharton Bassett, it was, because I was staying at my nan's house who, who lived out there. Uh, so the next day after Swindon Man United, I went and watched Wharton Bassett versus Yeovil in another preseason friendly. And that's one, obviously, where you can stand behind the goal and, and all that. Um, and then as as you kind of get to, or as I got to my early teenage years, um, you know, going up to secondary school, a bit more freedom and a bit more responsibility. It was like my brother, my older brother was a Swindon or is a Swindon fan. Um, so I started going and kind of just perching on the end of him and his mates. And the thing is, what once you're once you're in that live setting in proper competitive, um, anyone will tell you it. it the, even the tourist fans, it, it hits you. And and once I'd done that sort of once, maybe twice, that was it. Swindon, Swindon was in my blood. It was like I could still see what was going on with, say, Man United because they were the team that I'd first remembered watching. I could still kind of see what was going on with Rangers because Premier League, SPL, it was everywhere. You could see it. But Swindon was on my doorstep. And as you get a little bit older and you carry on through secondary school, all your mates and Man United, Chelsea, because obviously Chelsea's starting to get the money by this point and they're all Liverpool fans and stuff. And you're the ones, you're, you're turning up to school, you're the only one in the Swindon shirt. And But then even they, because they can't go and watch Chelsea and, and Man United all the time, they start coming. So then your group start going and, and then it becomes more than just watching football, the game you love. That's when you start to get the social element of it. So uh, yeah, it all started with a 4-0 defeat uh, to Man United's under 19s, but what it, it only really happened when I when I returned home to to Swindon. So once you got the sort of taste for it, that was it. Yeah, game yeah. over. It, it didn't take a lot for me to fully submerge myself. I, I was that guy who even going into college, I was still buying full home kit, full away kit, as many away games <laughs> as I could get to. Um, all, all of that. That was me. Because yeah, why not? Because why not? I was still young so, enough to get away with it. That's it. Other than beer, what are you going to spend your money on at college? Well, quite. Quite, and that's and and me being that socially awkward guy that I told you about, uh, beer and stuff was never really my thing. It was all go, it was go to college, go to work, go home and play champ manager, or go and watch Swindon, and that was it. I like to see Swindon. Oh, I've not done a save with them on on F. I've probably covered a lot of teams on my you know champ man or FM days, but never Swindon. Well, even to even to this day, so I'm a, I'm a massive, and again, this is the influence of my older brother. I'm a massive Champman 0102 fan, even to the point that I'm part of a a super league that still runs now, and we stream a, a live league twice a week on oh, wow. on X and YouTube. I say um, on the the football manager side of things, there's a lot. Um, you get like your, your draft competitions and. Yeah. 
you got the likes of football manager, football manager therapy, easy for me to say. Um, and I had Kev from that on um, was a few episodes ago, but you mentioned that word community earlier. Yeah. That was one that came up quite a lot when we was talking to him because you, you get this one thing like supporting a team yeah. that's just brought so many people together from all sorts of walks of life, different creeds, colours, religions, all, you know, there's no, well, there's no bias on it, is there? No. Football, football at any level is tribal and it yeah. doesn't matter if you're old, young, man, woman, black, white, whatever your preferences in any demographic are, you, you should feel safe and accepted at any football club and any football club, as far as I know, even the ones that don't traditionally have that kind of feel about them, you're always one of their own regardless. Yes. So, you know, I, I will argue with Swindon fans every day of the week, but at the end of the day, we support the same club and, and we, you know, three o'clock on a Saturday, we go to war together, regardless so of whether we think the same. And that's it, you? Yeah, 100%. Back on the same side of the line, yeah. I mean, you, know, you say about the feeling safe, there's the, I say the Her Game 2 campaign, which... Yeah, big doing... advocate for it. Absolutely brilliant. I can't even speak tonight. What's wrong? Absolutely. Br- I need to stick to words of less than three syllables. I think um, they're doing an amazing job. Yeah. It's not. It's not a campaign that we should have, if no. that makes sense. But yeah. no, I get what you mean. The fact that we have got it and they're doing what they're doing. You know, more power to. I mean, I've got two young daughters. Yeah. So you know, the last thing I'd want is if well, they're, they're not into football at the moment, which is kind of a good thing. Yeah. Um. But, you know, if they went to the, you know, even the Hawthorns and started getting abuse, I'd be like, hey, hang on a sec. Yeah. You know. No, I, again, and I was saying about how you get to meet people and through doing stuff like this. And and I've got, I've been fortunate enough that we've had one or two people who are, who are actual, actually involved in her game too at different clubs. Yeah. And, and you're right. All of these initiatives, we shouldn't need them, but they're there and they're doing a great work. And, and one thing we try to do, and, and it's great that so many, when clubs and, and authority figures that actually have the power to do things about it don't seem to necessarily want to all the time, it's great that there are content outlets that are ready to push home any of these things. I mean, we we always make a we always make a thing, especially around sort of November December time. We're like, look, if there's any local charities who just want a free bit of, we'll talk about it. Come on, have fifteen minutes with us. Tell us what you're doing, how we can help. Um, and then, yeah, we, when we get guests on to talk about initiatives like Her Game Two, it's 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 always an interesting listen, and always something that I appreciate the fact that they spend their time doing it. They'll spend yeah. their own time coming on our um, podcast to talk about it, and I also feel a, a sense of, I suppose, pride is the right word that we're offering a platform to do it as well. When there are still there is still that sort of snobbery that some places don't want to talk about these issues. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's almost like it's a bit sort of taboo, isn't it? Yeah, and it should be. Agree. No? It, it's happening it, and it needs to be dealt with. And the only way that can happen is with actual discussion about the problem. Yeah, and so you, you can't just sort of sweep it under the carpet. But we're, uh, let, let's try and sort of not get on too much of a soapbox tonight. Oh, um, anyone who knows me knows I love a soapbox. I love a rant. Uh, mine's gathering <laughs> dust in all fairness. So, yeah. Um, so, moving to the present day then um okay. sitting in league two um 39 points at the we moment have to talk about this this is awful 
Right. <laughs> it was going to come up in conversation at some point. So let's get, it over, let's get it over with now. And then we can move on to the randomness afterwards. Nice. Um, yeah, 39 points, sitting in 18th. You're yeah. enough of a distance away from the relegation zone to not be concerned with that. But I think you're only nine points off the playoffs as well. So given that that comes down to, was it seventh in League Two? Yeah. You know, couple of couple of results the right way go for you you get a couple of wins you could be maybe riding on yeah, the yeah I mean, if if buts and maybes are great words unfortunately yeah. um and i've i've tried to to be as positive as i can when the situation allows there is there is so many shenanigans and and issues and just absolute nonsense so far away from a fan sitting there at three o'clock on a saturday uh, unfortunately, I- I'd love to be proven wrong, but I can't see it happening. Um, there, there are too many teams between us who are who are better equipped to put that run together. Yeah. Um, we ev- every time we look like we've turned a corner, we will find a, a way to absolutely just bottom that out before it even gets started. Um, it, it was just like this past week, we we got a, a fairly decent result um, away at Gillingham. We, we probably could have won. We got the draw. Um, and then, but we looked like we were starting to play a little bit better because we've, we've been getting awful results and equally bad performances, but the performances started to improve a little bit. So we, we then tweaked it a bit against MK Dons and, and it went horribly wrong. Absolutely horribly wrong. No one actually um, listened to them, do they? Well, quite. Um, so as much as I'd love to sit here and say, you know, mathematically, and, and I am a, I am an advocate and I will, you know, I will say, and this will kind of derail from what I follow it up with, I'm a big believer in football. While it's mathematically possible, that's what you go for. Um, okay. But I honestly, I, I just can't see it happening. And the, the discussion the discussion amongst part of the fan base at the minute is we've got something called the Beamish line, which is our worst ever finish. Um, so that is 17th in what's now League Two. Um, and the discussion is, is this Swindon Town team about to become the worst ever Swindon Town team in terms of a league finish? Now, we, we had a big discussion on it on our last, uh, on our last stream. I, I would like to think that there is just about enough in this team to pick up enough points that we don't finish 18th or below. But unfortunately, I don't think there's enough in it that we can we can really challenge the playoffs. I mean, we had an unbeaten start to the season. It was an unreal start to the season. We I don't think we lost in August or September. And we we were when we were discussing it on our last stream, it was during our unbeaten start, we picked up 19 points. Um, to get to the point level as it was back in the, the 50s or whenever it was of, of this Beamish line, if we were to match the points they got to finish 17th in what's now League 2, we need another 20 points. So it's, it's our form in August and September that is, is effectively got saving you, us from relegation. I was going to say, being on 39 at the moment, obviously by the time this comes out, that will have hopefully... You know, hopefully changed. I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I haven't jinxed it, but hey, I mean, you know... No, Mate, you could you could stand on cracks walking under a ladder with a black cat crossing your path and you couldn't jinx it anymore <laughs> than I've done these last couple of years. I'm, I'm really genuinely praying that the we are just going through a really, really bad time at the moment and and hopefully the curve starts to change. There is a part of me that fears what happens next season. Um, but I, the the ever optimist in me is like regardless, come come pre-season, I'll be predicting us for promotion. 
blind optimism. That's what football it's fans are all about, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So you've got uh, an interim manager again, which seems to be the, the the fashion these days. Sunderland are doing it. Yep. Again, yep. after Michael Beale got sacked after what about a dozen games in charge. Uh-huh. Um, it was Michael Flynn, wasn't it? Your last permanent manager. He was, yeah. He was appointed in May um, to see us through this season. And obviously that didn't last. Um, yeah, there's there's there's, a, there's, a, there's probably stories to come out about that, which we don't as fans know yet. Um, yeah. You know, as I was saying, we had an unbeaten start to the season and he was given a three-year deal based on what we did in August and September. And it just seemed as soon as we, as soon as he signed that contract, it all just started going wrong. Um, and, you know, I, I could speculate uh, on the politics of it all. There's no point in that. Um, I, uh, it was probably the right manager at the wrong time. Um, right. I didn't necessarily at the time believe he was the man that was going to get us promoted this season. But then I also didn't foresee all the shenanigans that was going to happen this season. I, I think he's a perfectly capable League Two manager, but it's now gone wrong for him at Warsaw and Swindon. So it's going to take something a bit special to, to kind of rebuild that reputation for him. Turn that around, yeah. Yeah, you say about the, um, the, the, the you know, the, the maths behind it, you know, being mathematically possible to do something. Yep. But that doesn't always obviously translate onto the pitch. Do you think mm-hmm. Gunning is going to be the man to change that? I mean, has he, has he got it till the end of the season? or is the, Yeah, the so he, he's in? been told he's been told he's got it till the end of the season. Um, and our owner suggested that if he could get that run that gets us to the playoffs, there'd be no reason not to offer it to him, which is fair. He's had five games since he, he took the role. We've won one, drawn two, lost two. Um, so it's not the best record. It's not the worst record. There is some suggestion of improvement in the performances, but people were excited because of his previous caretaker role where he only had kind yeah. of two free games he he just went with this sort of swashbuckling sort of 2-2-6 formation yeah. where we were <laughs> ultra attacking and it was outrageous to watch obviously you can't do that for a prolonged period of time um we i for me personally i don't think he will get it beyond the end of the season um and that is based on the fact that I don't really see us making too much of a charge up the table. Um, okay. Again, I'd love to see it. I personally, from where I was at the start of the season, if I thought that come February, I was saying I would take a top half finish, you know, I would slap myself in the face for that. <laughs> but right now, if you were to offer me a top half finish, I'd say that was success based on what's going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, I, Unfortunately, I can see us sitting somewhere between 14th and 18th. I mean, do you think, no, no, sorry. Um, do you want, personally, do you want Gunning to take it permanently or is there no. someone out there that you, no, okay, that was easy enough. But in um, that case, just because you uh, take? it's difficult because you have to see what happens elsewhere. It's, it's kind of out of your control and who's available. There, there's all sorts of speculation about, if we'd have done this, we could have had that. And and you, you just never know. We've gone through various models, um, but we, we kind of throw it away really quickly for one reason or another. Um, it's all it's all about what we do behind the scenes. It's not even so much the, the manager or head coach that initially we, we need to get the infrastructure behind them correct. Yeah. Um, we, we have had some some shoddy, shoddy recruitment. 
um, which is a shame because when our current owner came in, he kind of pictured or painted this plan. And what we kind of were looking at was the club was on its knees when he came in and it was going to be a maximum of a three-year plan to get to, to XYZ position. But it's kind of gone the other way. He came in, there was a real resurgence, and we got to the playoffs the, the year we lost out to Port Vale on penalties. Yeah. And then it's just progressively got worse ever since. So his, his seesaw's tilted the wrong way. And there, there are, the, the fan base is split on what they want. It's, it's very difficult to, to kind of put yourself in a position. There's been so much go wrong. I would prefer it if he was to be able to sell to someone else and we, and we start again. But I don't necessarily think that's going to happen either. So it, I don't know. Is In answer to the question you actually asked about who I would want to have it, it's very difficult because everything behind them isn't right at the moment. So yeah. I couldn't pick an ideal candidate because someone, one of, one of the guys made the comment yesterday on our live stream, you could stick Alex Ferguson in there at the moment and it wouldn't really matter. Because of what's going on behind Because of phase. everything else going yeah. on, yeah. So that would be... Uh... So what, if you come out of retirement to take the job at Swindon, <laughs> that would be the biggest managerial coup ever. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't really fancy going back to Old Trafford, but you know what? County it's, round. That magic roundabout looks appealing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's not as bad as you know, Watford managers, is it? Let's face it. Everyone's got no, a, no. Well, I, I don't know. We are point. we are rattling through them at the minute. We are rattling through them. I was going to say, Steve Bruce might fancy that at some point, but I think he's going to take the South Korea job, so you might be safe from that one. Yes, come on. For now. Up the South Korea. <laughs> they can keep him. That's, they that's him. Just, yeah. oh, the further he is away from anything to do with anything I I've, support, the better. I think there's some talent in the non-leagues that might be worth a look, is is how I would finish that answer. Yeah, some sort of uncut diamond sort of thing. You get it with players as well, don't you? I mean, Jamie Vardy's a perfect example. Our own Charlie Austin's a perfect example as well. Uh, yeah, or someone that we both know. Exactly. Although, Obviously, didn't get too much of a chance at ours, which I was disappointed at because, yeah. you know, he's got the ability without question. Yeah. Um, well, there's some suggestion that he's obviously taking more of a coaching role at Swindon as well at the minute. So we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens. I was going to say, for if the strikers that you've got can learn a thing or two off him. Well, you'd like to think there's not really be much better in League Two to learn off. I wouldn't have thought so, no. Although, Paul Mullins not too bad at Wrexham, is he? No, he's, he's, he's not bad, is he? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, Andy Cook of Bradford's not bad. Uh, I'll say Wrexham have got Hollywood money. Swindon have got Australian Swindon. plumber money. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Someone's Supposedly, like Super Mario sponsored by Fosters, that sort of thing. Something like that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Williamson Art is a family-run business producing digital art prints of iconic and famous football grounds from yesteryear, running since 2017. Also, by entering the code PROJFOOT10, that's P-R-O-J-F-O-O-T-1-0 at the checkout, you'll get 10% off any artwork purchased. Also, if you're looking for a football quiz book with over 700 questions, as well as chapters on football in lockdown and the Diary of a Memorabilia Collector, then look no further than the Football for Brains 21 quiz book by Stephen End. A donation from the sale of each book goes to the Scores Project and Head for Change Charities. Now back to the show. Uh, right. Do you want to move on to something a little bit more positive now? Let's, please. Right. So, the random segments, or as I 
call it your homework. By the way, I loved these when you sent them to me. Yeah, super. Absolutely so uh, look forward to see what you come up with in that case. Um, we're going to start with one of the newer ones okay. and pre-match playlist. Okay. So, again, it, it's a relatively new concept for the show. I wasn't going to bring any more bits to the podcast because there's enough going on anyway. But yep. I changed my mind, you know. As, as you have every right to do. <laughs> yeah. um, so this one, uh, Fifey has been put in charge of playing the songs um, before Swindon come out onto the pitch. And five songs, anything. It yep. could be anything from, oh no, take that to Slipknot and yep. anything in between. Yep. And so, if, those do, if those do end up being on the list, I'll, I'll be... I'm gonna I'm gonna put some money on the lottery. Put it that way. So I I really thought about this as to how, what I would love to hear. Um, so obviously my my first pick was falling in love with you for obvious reasons. Yeah, uh, that that was the first one I wrote on my list. Um, I'm a big big fan of Carnival de Paris at football games. I just think that's the kind of song that gets so many fans amped up. Um, so I, I love listening to that one. Um, so that was my second choice. Then I went for Pompeii by Bastille, just because it's okay. my personal favourite favorite song. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, right, I need to kind of mix this up now. So I, I, went back, not. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to the sort of songs that would get you pumped up. And I thought, what, what would get people more pumped up than maybe a little bit of happy hardcore? Um, okay. so, so I went Scooter. And Eva, jumping all over the world or logical song would would be would be a good choice here. Talking um, European and dancing. Yeah, yeah. I, I love me a bit of EDM and house music and that. So, um, and then I wanted something fun because football should be fun, regardless of everything else. Uh, so a bit of a rogue shout this one, but I went for a new girl by Reggie and Bolly off of the X Factor all them years ago. Uh, just because it's the, the the tune itself, it's got the old Caribbean drums and stuff. It's it's a bit more fun and light-hearted. So uh, those are my five choices. That is not something I expected to be hearing on this, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that was different. Good. I like to be different. Yeah. Yeah, this is why I'm socially awkward because I choose <laughs> I choose things like this. So next bit then. Um, okay. Room one on one. I love this one. This this was my favourite thing. I, this was the first one I completed. So, obviously, yes, it is based on that well-known TV show. So, yep. if you know the concept of that, uh, Fifey has been tasked with picking three things he'd like to eradicate from football. Mm-hmm. Could be anything. It could yep. be grass being green, for all I know, but, you know, as, as far flung as that. So, he'll give his options. I will be the Judge final choice on that, yeah. So, um, what have you got? Okay, so the very first thing that came to mind, and it was probably because of the timing of when I did this, but the first thing I would love to uh, to, to put forward is League Two referees, simply <laughs> because they are terrible, absolutely awful. And that's not just for Swindon. You watch the highlight packages, every single game has awful, awful decisions that even make VAR look effective. Wow. If that's the case, they've got to be bad. <laughs> there are some absolute stinker performances every week in League Two by the referees. You wait till you get to the Premier League, then uh, then you'll know what shit refereeing's like. Mate, I'd be happy in the Championship, I'll be honest. That's, that's my goal, is to see Swindon in the Championship. I've never seen us above League One. 
Yeah, well, I can tell you, I have seen you at that level. But <laughs> anyway. It, it, then we'll come to that, I'm sure. Yes. Right, so League Two refs is your first one. Yeah. Um, so my second choice was initially half and half scarves. because, But then I thought there's probably quite a few people that would put that on the list just because they're stupid. Funnily um, enough, it's not cropped up yet. Oh, that surprises but, me. But there's only been six things chosen over the last two oh, episodes. Yeah, okay. this, so, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's still early days, but... Yeah, it's the first. I'd expect it to come up. I'm sure. So um, this might be a little bit controversial, uh, but you know, I um, I'm not afraid to be controversial and uh, universally hated online. But I've my second choice is kids holding up signs asking for stuff. Glorified begging. <laughs> yes. Um, it it when I was younger, it was nice that a player would go and give something to a fan at some point, it meant something. You Even when you're watching like England games, when they're playing away in far-flung areas of Europe, and you see this one fan, Jack Grealish, please, can I have your boots? No, why? Yeah, you're eight years old, they're not going to fit you. <laughs> so, so uh, there are, I, I know quite a few of, of Swindon's younger fans that have been given stuff, and that's great, and it means something to them. But like, Thank, in a way, thankfully, my son isn't into football at all. He, he just doesn't like it. Yeah. Um, but if he ever said to me, can I come to football and hold up a sign, Charlie Austin, can I have your shirt? I'd be like, no, you're grounded. <laughs> no. You're not even going to the game now you've said that. That's it. You can't even have it on the radio. Just no. <laughs> just no. That's it. Okay, so that's, um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, definitely. Um, my third one is is kind of a bit jokey. Um, but for anyone who knows me, that they'll know that this was probably likely to be on there. Uh, my third one is simply one thing I'd like eradicated from football: Jordan Henderson. <laughs> not, um, not a thing, but a person. No. I mean, I, so there are there are players I dislike, um, and Jordan Henderson isn't one of those, ironically. But I have never known one person so overhyped in the world of football. We're talking like Neymar levels of overhype for an England midfielder who's got a ridiculous amount of caps and he's not even, he wasn't even good enough to, to really play for some of the teams he played for. He, like, if ever Liverpool wanted a B-Tech Steven Gerrard, they, they found the B&M Steven Gerrard in Jordan Henderson. Honestly, yeah, he was so, throughout his entire career, he was so, he, and maintains to be, in my opinion, which means nothing in the grand scheme of things, but the most overhyped player, I think, in my entire history of watching football. And we've had some hyped up players at Swindon. <laughs> but, but Jordan Henderson, honestly, I just don't understand it. I really don't. So th there's three solid choices there. <laughs> obviously, Is it as uh, random as my music choices for you? Uh, you know what? It might well be. It's... It, it is it is random, definitely. So I am going to lean towards the signs asking for shirts. Great that choice. Just, that gets Great on my choice. nerves, that does. And it's like that they're so badly put together sometimes as well. And you can see the the make of cereals that they've used on the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone's had their Weetabix, well done. But you're not having Finish a shirt. Finish your breakfast, you can make your sign. That's it. <laughs> oh, it's it's a like, great choice. Yeah, yeah we, we're going with that one. Sorry, Jordan Henderson stays and sorry. Jordan Henderson gets assistant. a reprieve. He does. Although, you know, he's had to play in Saudi Arabia. So I think in terms of professional career, he's done his time on that account. 
Yeah, yeah, he'll still get in the next England squad. I can tell you that. Of course. And you know, if he gets picked over Jude Bellingham, then there's something gone wrong somewhere. No, mate. Honestly, I couldn't begin. Jude Bellingham, by the way, uh, is 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 the the link that is going to take us that little bit further than we've been in recent times. And he's a Starbridge boy as well. He's from my hometown. Nice. So yeah. Well, ignore the fact games. that he's Birmingham, but that he played for Birmingham, but he's from. But he's a Starbridge. He's boy. from Starbridge. He's a black country boy. His uh, his and, brother's uh, not half bad either, is he? No, he's uh, he's doing all right. I heard some people say um, that he was going to be better than Jude eventually, wow. but hey. that's quite a label to to have yeah. on you, isn't it? He is he is killing it at Madrid. Yeah, I mean, if he's not England captain by the time the World Cup comes round, I would be very surprised. Are you are you big on your international football? Do you like to to follow um, England? Mostly, I, I I won't get too much into the qualifiers. No, no. Um, but what would your if, if everyone's fit uh, and and see this is me just automatically just starting to to host stuff again. This Sorry. is how to turn gamekeeper yeah. now. <laughs> um, it, it's always an interesting question. Supposing England play that two-three-one as is their midfield into attack. Yeah. Uh, what, what would your choice be for for those positions? Um, I like Bowen at West Ham. Yeah. Um, wide. I'm not sure. Probably Foden's got to be in there. Um, as much as I'm not a fan of his Grealish. Yep, on the other side. He, he's one that's gonna. He'll, he'll draw your fouls. He'll get you ready for set pieces where you can throw the big men up. A la yep. Tony Pulis, um, Bellingham without question. Yep. But the thing with him, he can either be part of the two. Yeah. I would have him in the two. Or you could have him. You know, he's he's your box to box midfielder if you want to sort of talk football manager terminology. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I would have him next to Declan Rice and, and think yeah. those two would be fine. Yeah, Rice and Bellingham definitely. And then, like I say, Foden, Grealish, Bowen. And they could all interchange as well. Yeah. I, I, um, that, that's a great shout. For The one for me is I, I'm a big Jared Bowen fan as well. And I think he absolutely deserves a place on the plane. I'm just slightly more a Madison fan. I could, yeah, yeah, forgot about him. Um, so I, I would like to see Foden, Grealish, and Madison. It's a nice problem to have, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, Southgate's got no excuses unless they're all injured, has he? Oh, Southgate can whistle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the one, I, one I tend to look for, position-wise, is keeper. Yeah. Because that's where I played most of my, I don't want to say career, because yeah. that very much oversells my time on a football pitch. But yeah, uh -huh. um, if he's fully fit, Nick Pope for me. Pope is a, a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, but <laughs> no, it's not even a but. Um, I, I think if Pope got the shirt, he would do it justice. Um, I, I'm not anti Pickford though. Um, I don't think he's necessarily done too much to to be dislodged either. But then you've got the um, I, I was calling for the the lad at Arsenal for a period as well. Oh, but now that, now that they keep rotating their keeper, there's no, no, that's that's one position you need to have the consistency in his goalkeeper because otherwise. Yeah. You, know, you come in, you get used to whatever defenders you've got in front of you. Then you're out again. Someone else comes in, they've got to get used to him. Then you swap again. It's like, oh, hang on, this is the Champions League. So it's a different back four or three. It's like, yeah. oh, bugger this, I'm off somewhere else. <laughs> no, 100%. 100% yeah. agree with you there. Cool. All right. So off the back of getting rid of kids begging with uh, <laughs> serious boxes, yeah. via who's going on the plane to the Euros. Yeah. 
Our next stop is okay. four for you. Yes. So again, for anyone who's not heard this bit before, first question: Why? Where have you been? That was two questions, anyway. And secondly, There's the a whole concept is yeah, yeah. I only got a C and GCSE English, so you know, whatever. Um, yeah, the concept is uh, five. He's been tasked with picking uh, five games as for which he could experience from any player or official, as we've had in recent episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, any person involved in that game experience it from their point of view. Um, I think I said either a three-two or a four-one split. Uh, yeah, I think I've gone. I've gone three-two against Swindon. Okay, that's fine. As long as there's a bit of a split, you know, it keeps it. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps it more interesting, you know, saves having the same, you know, ones keep yeah. cropping up, which, yeah, ideally try to avoid it, but, hey, it's your choice, ultimately. Uh, so, these these are all over the shop, to be honest. Yeah, brilliant. That's what we like. As, as per my other choices. Yeah. <laughs> so, first choice then, Fifey, what are you going for? So, starting with a Swindon one, um, I think it dates back to 2010, possibly 2011, uh, we had a League Cup defeat to Southampton. Uh, we were League Two at the time. I believe they were Championship. Um, but the reason it, it stands out is there was a, a fairly infamous altercation uh, between our new signing, Leon Clark, and our then manager, Paolo Di Canio, which led to, okay. let's call it a scuffle in the tunnel after the game. Um, all we really kind of know um, from, from the stories that came out is uh, we lost the game. Um, we went out the cup. Leon Clark, who'd only been with the club, I think maybe a week, possibly not even that, um, had come on and uh, Paolo had s- suggested uh, that he would be back in training Wednesday morning, despite playing in the game on Tuesday night and doing running. And Leon Clark didn't like that. And there was a, a disagreement and an exchange of views and he didn't play for Swindon again um after that so i picked that game and i would like to see it through the eyes of leon clark to find out what really happened yeah proper you know looking beyond you know beyond yeah. the curtain sort of thing yeah that'd be an interesting one definitely and so with these it's not it's not always necessarily what's happened during the sort of yeah. whistle to whistle is it so that would have been uh yeah that'd be an interesting one definitely so second choice my second choice is possibly one that you have either had or will get again. Um, but I imagine a lot of football fans would like to. So I picked the, the World Cup final in 66. Um, that has cropped up. But there's been a couple of different variations on that. I okay, referenced like, the officials thing. Um, yeah. Greg from the It's Only a Game podcast. Again, give it a listen if you haven't already. Well worth it. Uh, Rochdale fan. He yeah. chose the Russian linesman. Nice. Great shout. So, just as a bit of a curveball, I was like, okay. I, I did say anyone involved in the game. Yeah. And he was. So, um, yeah. I, I picked Sir Jeff Hurst um, to feel what that felt like. That minute when you've got people running on the pitch and yeah. you score the goal that's going to be remembered for an eternity. So, uh, so that was my pick. And then there's obviously the famous Kenneth Wilson home commentary as well. Yes, of course. So, yeah. If you... If there's any England fan that hasn't heard that, I'd be very surprised. Whatever age. Correct. It's one of the first things you get. This is when we actually won something. There you Mm -hmm. go. I actually met Jeff first. Did you? Briefly, yeah. It was before he was a sir at that point. I know, but there's um, there's a sports bar not far from where I live, and they were doing, you know, they had 
guests on and he okay. was one of them. And they were nice. showing the 66 final um, before before he came on. And uh, I got, um, what did I get signed? I got uh, a 96 England shirt signed by him. Nice. Class the, that. The one for me, as I mentioned, goalkeepers earlier, they had Gordon Banks at the same venue as well. Oh, so superb. I was just like, yeah. That, that in terms of meeting footballers not related to West Brom, yeah, I'll probably peak there. See, I so I wrote alternatives for for each game in case you know that there'd been any that had cropped at regular. And yeah. for my for my England game, I'd actually picked the save from Pele as my alternative option. Funny you mentioned that. When I was going through the whole sort of concept for this bit, that was one of the ones I chose. Nice. From from my side of things, again going back to the whole goalkeeper thing, you won't see many better saves than that. No. Ever. No. In any generation. No, and I I will die on that hill. Yeah, I I agree with you. But, uh, right, so we've got Sir Jeff at number two. Mm-hmm. So our midway point. Yeah, so I've gone for the game I mentioned earlier in the chat. I've gone for the Man United Bayern Munich game in the Champions League final. Yeah. Um, I, I had a number of different perspectives. I, I'd love to know what Ferguson was thinking. I'd love to know what Sheringham or Solskjaer were thinking. Peter Schmeichel when he was doing the celebration. But I actually went for for David Beckham um, because of what happened in France 98, because of what was happening at the start of that season, where, I, I mean, for anyone who, who remembers, there were all the effigies and all sorts for Beckham. Yeah. Like, the media and the fans were out to get him. Proper lynch mob. Yeah. I mean, if you've watched the documentary on Netflix, it's all... Yeah, 100%. You see it on there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then to, to have delivered not once but twice... In, in the way he did. And, and to just kind of see it as fans watching on the telly, we saw it from the camera view, but to see it from Beckham's view from that, from that corner and yeah. watching it kind of happen twice. I'd love to kind of see that perspective of it and, and feel what he felt given what had happened in the nine months leading up to that moment. Yeah. If, if ever there's sort of a, a metaphorical middle finger to someone. Yeah. You know, the people that were giving him all that grief, it's like, yeah, there you go. Bang out of order, yeah. the, the stuff that was going on the start of that season. Just, I, yeah, it, it's not just him that was going through it. Obviously, his family as well, you know, yeah. his his wife, um, his parents. I don't think the kid, do you have kids at that point? I think they might have had one. Uh, they might have had the, the eldest, which presumably be Brooklyn. I don't that know. I'm, I'm not big on the genealogy no. of the Beckham family, to be perfect. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, not on my, it's not on my wall here, no. No. I didn't get my GCSE in Beckham's family tree. Really, no, no, absolutely not. So, um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think. I mean, that, that match has cropped up a few times. Obviously, you know, because I've had you know a few Man United fans on, but yeah. it's usually been from Solskjaer's perspective. Yeah. Obviously, because he was the one that got you know that goal. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. think it's ever been called from uh, Beckham's from a Beckham point of view. And let's face it, he's got a, he had a wonderful right foot as well. Oh, yeah. The, the, you, you could do a full highlight reel uh, on Beckham moments, to be fair to him. He got a lot of criticism, but there were a lot of good moments in, yeah. in his career as well. And another one that obviously crops up with him is the, the Greece free kick. Don't tell me that's your fourth choice. No, no. That's all right. There. There, there's, there's, <laughs> no more, there's no more Beckham or Man United mentions uh, in, in this. Um, but, so my fourth choice, I've gone back to Swindon. Um yeah. There, there are two massive moments in our history. There's the 69 League Cup final where we beat Arsenal um, and won the trophy. 
and there is the 93 playoff final against Leicester. And me now living in Leicester, it would be wrong not to want to go back and uh, and see that. So I've picked the, the playoff final against Leicester, which infamously finished for free. Um, and I would love to see it, well, from any of the players' perspectives, really. Yeah. Um, but but I, I wrote Hoddle down. Would he have been player manager at that point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then he left for Chelsea. Yeah, so around about that time, because was it Burma you were sponsored by or something like that? Or yeah, yeah, because I just remember that like the red and green logo That's across right. the front. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you weren't the only ones that got promoted in '93 in the playoffs either. No, no. We Good beat Portland three 0 Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was only free at the time, and I was up in Scotland, and I didn't have a clue what was going on. But Absolutely. again, like like you were saying about um, moments like the '66. World Cup final and stuff. The minute you become a Swindon fan, you learn about those no, two games. Yeah. I say, you know, going back to my obviously West Brom allegiance, there's the '68 Cup final. Mm-hmm. You know, I was 14 years away from being born at that point. Yeah. There's the five-three at Man United um, yep. when we had the three degrees and arguably our best team ever. You know, that was sort of. Not drilled into me, but you hear about it as soon as you start going up. You hear like the chit chat and what happened. It's like, and now you've got you know stuff like YouTube, yeah, you can just easily just go, Oh, okay, so this is what they're on about. Oh, wow, okay. And you know, unfortunately, not around to see it, but having heard yeah. from people that did experience it in whatever capacity, it's just like, Yeah, that would have been just something else, yeah, 100%. And that probably so sounds moments. like. So many moments you wish you you could go back yeah. and live, knowing that you weren't around to do it at the time. And I think that's part of the beauty of this particular segment. It sort of, you know, knocks the dust off something that you think, you know, even though you weren't allowed, allowed alive for it. I got caught between around and alive. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with alive. We'll go with it. You know, you've heard about it. You've heard the stories from you know whatever sources, and then it's like, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, from left to right flank, Summerby whips it into Maskell. Well played, Hoddle. Knocks it long for White, and White steals in and goes down. And it's a penalty. The referee is given a penalty for a foul on the substitute. Paul Bowden from the spot for Swindon. He scored! We're four down, yeah. one to go. I've gone a bit more modern with my final choice. Um, and it, just because of what happened more than anything, this, this one is purely because of what happened in the game that I picked this one. Um, I've gone for the Champions League game between Barca and PSG that finished 6 1, uh, where PSG were. Let me do the maths. Five nil up from the from the first leg, yeah. Uh, and Barca just ripped them apart in the second game. And I, I watched. I think I'd missed some of it, uh, and I got home to see how it ended. And I was just that. There are some games where you're just like, "What have I seen here? How has this happened?" So you've almost got to watch it two or three times to yeah. realise that it actually happened. Um, so I, I mean, I picked Messi to, just because. Why not? Um, it, it could be literally, you could pick someone on the PSG team and say, yeah. watch it from their perspective of what happened here. Just like, I don't know what French foot, what the fuck, but 
So that is four for you, done and dusted. What I did forget, however, and even though it's one of the segments that's been in here for forever, mm-hmm. is five from five. Okay. So, do this one off the cuff. No, I've got a list of questions. Don't you worry about that. Okay. So, I'm ready. um, If you've heard this before, there's five blocks of 11 questions. Uh, Five feet will pick a number from one to 11 for each one and subsequently answer that question. Okay. And these are fairly random and you'll see what I mean on that. um, Okay. After your first choice, hopefully. Well, so. Let's go with my lucky number, lucky number seven. Okay. What current Swindon player do you think would be suited to another sport? Ooh, good one. Um, ooh, suited to another sport. Um, <clears throat> that, that there, there's a humorous answer which would great on 50% of the Swindon fans and, and the other 50% would completely agree with me. I'm going to Don't try think. and avoid yeah. using that one. Um, this is a tough one. You might I, have to I, this kind of, I kind of think, um, I kind of think Dokes would be, would be decent. Uh, but I'm not sure what, I, I, he just strikes me as the sort of guy, he's, he would be that one at school that's good at everything. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't pick one specifically. Um, oh, actually, um, we've just taken a guy on loan uh, in January, El Bazzedi. Rapid. So I'll put him for sprinting. Okay. But the one that I was going to say, because people people will want to know, uh, Seydou Khan, uh, just so he stops being a footballer. <laughs> Anything else apart from football? He's, he's, he's been titled as the best central defensive midfielder in the league. Um, I've got nothing against him as a person, and he has had moments of brilliance, but he is the one of the worst central defensive midfielders I've ever seen play for Swindon. So you're not buying that moniker then, no? I'm not buying it at all, no. No, fair enough. Right, um, block two, one to 11. Okay, uh, let's go with... I always wanted to be a striker, so let's go number nine. Okay, so from past and present Swindon players... Yep. Who would you pick to be in a UK and Ireland six-a-side team? So obviously you've got the you know um, England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, yeah. and Republic. So you're gonna have to double up on one country. Okay, so I need to pick one from each country. So yeah, yeah, one one from each, and then yeah. two from, two from one of the others. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and stick to players that I've seen play as yeah. well. Um, so let, let's knock off some of the the harder nations. So let's let's do. The two islands first. Uh, Jonathan Douglas would be in there for Republic. Um, have I seen any Northern Irish players? I must have seen some Northern Irish players. 
I'll come back to Northern Ireland because I'm struggling to think of any Northern Irish player. Um, England, I would pick. Consider the positions as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wales. See, there's a couple of options for Wales. Christian Roberts is the one that's jumping out at me, but I might kind of, I might swap it to Louis Thompson, but I'll go, I'll go with Christian Roberts for now uh, for Wales. So that's a, a kind of attacker and a, a defensive midfielder. Um, was Gordon Greer, Scottish centre-back. Oh, you got yourself a defender now. Yeah. So I just need a goalie. And a another, and what have I got left? Northern Ireland, and you got your Northern Ireland, England, and then one another one from one of them. Okay, um, I would pick Sam Parkin for England striker. I need to check actually what nationality. Um, I'm struggling with Northern Ireland. Um, the, the only person who I think might be Northern Irish, we had a left back who played for Leicester. Um, McGiven? I'm sure it's McGiven. First name? I, I want to say Ryan? I mean, I'm really struggling with Northern Ireland here. Ryan McGiven, uh, yeah. Left back. And he is from Newry in Northern Ireland. Yes. Okay. Uh, there so you I've, go. got, That's that one I've got one of all the nations. Yes. But I haven't got a goalkeeper. So I can pick any goalkeeper I like. Is, yeah. that, is that what we're saying? Basically, nice. yeah. Okay, excellent. In which case, I will go for Wes Fodringham. Okay. Is that the one that's um, Sheffield United now? Yes. Okay. Oh, there you go. That's that one ticked off. So, goalkeeper, two strikers, two defenders, and one in the middle. So, a nice yeah. little, you know, five on a dice formation. Yeah. That'll do. Right. Uh, block three, again, one to 11, five feet. What are we having? Uh, let's go number one this time, please. Okay. Um, bit more basic. Do you have a favourite formation? Um... One that wins, uh, ideally. Um, modern day, I would say 4 3 3. But if I'm referring back to sort of my my champ manager days, the 4 1 3 2 was always a big favourite. Yeah, I, I always just like playing a sweeper on, uh, on earlier champ man. Was, I, I don't know why. Still won stuff, but yeah. Um, so that's three down, two to go. Okay. Uh, again, one to 11. What are you picking? Um, let's go with... So my first ever game in like under-14s football or whatever it was, I played right back. So let's go number two. Okay. Which celebrity would you like to manage Swindon Town? Which celebrity would I like to manage? Um... I'll say dead or alive, you know, because... Broaden the options. Who, who do I think would be a good manager from the celebrity world? 
let's go. Do you know what? I'm going to go Ivo Graham just because he is a Swindon fan and it would matter to him. Fair enough. Someone who actually would give yes. a damn. Yeah. yeah. I say Gordon Ramsay tended to uh, to confirm that. I think yeah, because because he's because he's aggressive and he can shout. And those halftime team talks, bloody hell! <laughs> you wouldn't be one on, on the uh, the wrong side of that, would you? No, absolutely not. Steve out of the desk. Yeah, <laughs> but although catering, that'd be top notch. It, it certainly would. Yeah. So, but then you wouldn't want to be part of the catering team either. No, true. You'd stick your head between two burger buns, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Um, so this is your last choice on this one, then. Uh, let's go back to lucky number seven. That's how we started. That's how we'll finish. Okay. Um, have you got a favourite manager of all time? Not necessarily for Swindon, but just um, so in general. I love football as a whole. So everyone's kind of elite lists of managers would, would kind of be the same as mine. Um, but Sir Alex Ferguson has to go down as the, as the goat for me. Um, yeah. I know people all, all say, look what Klopp's done and Guardiola's done and Ancelotti even in, in that. And then so obviously a lot of the older managers as well. You look at likes of Revy and Clough and stuff. But for me, uh, th there are some things that I'm very set in my ways about. And it's that Sir Alex is the goat of managers. And Ronaldinho will always be my goat of a player. Better shout. Can't argue with that. And with Fergie, you know, you compare it to the likes of, say, Pep. Where Pep's been, the squad's already been there. The budget's already been there. Fergie built that Man United team from near enough nothing, you know, from the even from the brink of getting sacked, wasn't it, at one point? Yeah, yeah. To, you know, the juggernaut that they became over the course of the of the 90s and, and noughties. Absolutely. And, until he bowed out of the Hawthorns, you know. 10-goal thriller, but anyway, <laughs> we, we don't talk about that too much. No. Um, so that's that bit done, even though I forgot about it initially, but there we go. So the final bit, which mm -hmm. I have remembered about, <laughs> is trippier through time. Yeah. So again, this is the the, the, the trickier one out of the uh, the bits that I've asked you to do. And yeah. I think yeah, this the majority hard. of people find this sort of like, is it like Sophie's Choice? Yeah. A lot of it. So concept is... Fife has been tasked with picking his best stroke favourite, Swindon eleven, with a manager and optional assistant, if he so chooses. Um, the caveat is it's players from the 60s to the nine, not to the 1920s, that's going backwards, the 1960s to the 2020s. Yeah. I've done this before, I promise you. <laughs> um, hey, you want to see how much I fumble? Don't worry about it. Oh, this I'll, is be tuning, I'll be tuning in the next one. You. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, the with the decades. Yeah. Um, Two players from any decade, mm -hmm. although we have got the City Lights wildcard rule where you can have a third player from one decade only, if needs be. No, I've, I've, I've kept it to two per decade. Cool. But it, it's there um, if you needed it. So, I haven't necessarily picked the best 11. What I've actually tried to do is pick an 11 that I think would work together as well. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah, are, there are reasons behind 11, my choices. That, that are, If it's 11 players and they fit the decade, yeah. go for it. So I've gone for I've gone for four four two. Yeah, most people uh, do with this one. To be fair, seems I, like I think, the easier. Yeah, you, you can fit more in. Yeah. Um, so starting in goal, um, a man. Unfortunately, I never got to see because you know he it was a bit before my time. I'm going to. I've technically put him down as nineties. You could put him in the eighties as well, but he very much played in the nineties, as you'll be able to to confirm. I've gone for Fraser Digby as the goalkeeper. Yeah. That's fair enough. Not a bad choice to start with. Um, at right back, I've gone to the, the 2010s and I've gone for Paul Caddis. 
Um, it was one of the last. I, I kind of left the the newer players till the end and, and filled the older ones in first. Yeah. Um, and Paul Caddis was the obvious choice when I saw that my right back position was left. Scottish player played for Birmingham as well, I believe. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd heard the name. Um, so uh, left back, I've gone for club legend. He's got his name on a on a stand. Uh, John Trollope, who up until uh, what's his face at uh, MK Dons just broke his record, had the record for most amount of football league appearances for one club while at Swindon. I think he was on eight nine eight, and now Lewington's got nine hundred. Damn it! Yeah, these things happen. The fact that he's gone to franchise FC as well. <sighs> um, so my two centre backs. Um, what, sorry, I've... what decade was he? Oh, so sixties uh, and seventies. So you can pick either; it doesn't matter because I've got two players that do the same thing. Got you. All right, we'll, we'll go sixties for that one because why not? Because why not? Um, controversial choice, and I'm going to get lynched for this one. Um, but for my first centre-back, I've gone back to the 2010s and I've gone for Aidan Flint. Okay. Um, he he is detested for a number of reasons at Swindon fans. And, and even I'm not a big fan for some of the stuff he's come out and said subsequently. But his, his brief spell at Swindon, he was a very good centre-back for us. And, and when I had a centre-back place and that decade remaining, he was the one that, that came to An mind. Obvious choice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, and... And he's being partnered by the 1980s um, Sean Taylor, who is a club legend as well. Um, I, I had to pick at least... Well, he was one of the first names I knew I had to get in, otherwise people really would be unhappy with me. So uh, yeah. he, he was one of the first names on the sheet. And this is the thing, you know, obviously this is down to your sort of personal preference. Yeah. So someone could be, you know, listen to this, you know, when it comes out and be like... Hang on a sec, you didn't pick so and so for that decade or that position. You'd be like, well, never mind. Yeah, no, exactly. I've, I've made my picks. There yeah, it's, it's out there on the internet now. It's uh, you can slander away if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. Damn it. <laughs> um, so moving into midfield, um, I've gone to the noughties for the right hand side, uh, and I've gone for Danny Invincible. Um, okay. great name. Great name, one of the best names in football. Again, just slightly before my time, uh, by a couple of years. But I know my older brother was a fan. Uh, I know, obviously, like I say, just before my time, but scored a very, very crucial goal uh, in our in our history at, at that point, at least. Um, and so, yeah, he was he was my choice to to fill that position. And again, uh, going back to my CMO one hundred and two roots. Um, if I'm not doing a save with Swindon, he is the first player I go and buy. So, I think when uh, when I first started on Chapman on the Amiga 500 back in the 90s, yeah, ask your parents um, <laughs> if there's anyone old enough to have parents that old. Anyway, um, <laughs> Darren Eady for me because mm-hmm. he'd have been just coming through the Norwich team. Yeah, he hadn't class. quite got to that point where he was a first team regular. Yeah, and he wasn't as injury prone on Champ Manager no. either, thankfully. No. So for the likes, well, I think I started saying with Wick and Wanderers randomly, and it was like, yeah, Darren Eady, like, I don't know, like twenty grand or something daft like that. You know, you, you splurge your budget on that one player, but he will do absolute bits for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, my number, <laughs> my number eleven. So on the left hand side, uh, another absolute club legend again. Fit, fits that sixties and seventies bill. Um, was part of the the cup final team that I mentioned against Arsenal and and f- uh, someone I am fortunate enough to have met and be able to exchange some pleasantries with in the past. 
uh, Don Rogers is is on the left. So some of these names I'm not going to be that familiar no, with, no. obviously. I, no, especially the earlier ones. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Danny Invincible, yes, I know that name. Aiden Flint, I know that one. Yeah. Um, so in the centre of midfield, um, I've gone to the 80s with Alan McLaughlin, um, another club legend who you just hear story after story after story about and you wish you got to see play. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, he's the third third name that's got a, a stand named after him. So uh, all three that have got stands that are in this team. So That's the thing. On the, um, the five from five bit, because I've got more than the, the you know the fifty five questions for the blocks. Yeah, I randomise the list. Yep. So at least you know the the questions should be in a different number to what they were the previous episode. But that is one of the questions. If you could rename stand. the stands at your ground after four players, mm-hmm. but you've got seventy five percent of that answer already. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, that'd have been a short question, wouldn't it? That it's like well, yeah, yeah. This, this, it would have been easier um, than thinking of someone Northern Irish. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you got there in the end, though. Got there in the end. Um, his partner in centre midfield, um, I've gone to the noughties uh, and gone for Stefani Migliaranzi. Uh, and the reason I've picked him, apart from the fact it's another great name, yes. um, I mentioned my first ever Swindon game was that friendly against Man United. Um, he was the player, apart from the fact for his name, he was the player that stood out. Um, he was the player who had the... the the, like the boots that you, you that caught your eye. He was the player yeah. who looked like he had that bit of silk. And many years after that, uh, I was again fortunate enough to be able to interview him as part of my uh, blog at the time. And uh, one of a few people, yeah, I, I generally get quite nervous whenever I interview anybody, but he's one of the few that, even though it was just over email and I didn't actually get to, to meet him, and I would yeah. love to meet him one day, um, I was genuinely starstruck that he took the time to reply to me. So uh, I've put him into to midfield as well. So that's all it takes sometimes, isn't it? Just, you know, from someone of that stature yeah. in your eyes, just a quick response. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and that can mean a hell of a lot to, to someone and they don't even realise it. No, 100%. 100%. I'm really, I've, I've tried to get him on to Fool's Rush here and it's not quite happened yet, but I, I pray one day it does. Oh, wait, maybe, maybe, he maybe he'll come across this. Stefani, if you're listening. Say, once he listens to this, I mean, he's got to get through the other 59 episodes first. That's the, you know, if he hasn't done the first 59, he can't listen <laughs> he can't to this, listen one, to this one. So, there you go. But then once he has, he's got to come on Fool's Rush in. Yeah. It's, no, it's the logical step, isn't it? It, it? it is. It is. It's the only logical step. It's like, must use this podcast as a stepping stone in your contract. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Again, if you play FM, you get the reference. Um, so my two strikers, I realised I hadn't picked anyone from the twen- like the, the 2020s yet. Yeah. Uh, this isn't the obvious choice for, for this decade or couple of years as we are into it. Uh, but I just felt it worked better with who I've picked as his strike partner. So yeah. I've gone for Jerry Yates as, as number okay. 10. Um who who I really liked when he was when he was with us, uh, superb superb player, um, part of that title winning team with with Owen Doyle at the time as, as our strike two, and uh, I, I really liked him. He, he was one of those players who would work. You know, he, yeah. he he had talent. He has he has unbelievable talent, and that's why he's doing so well for himself now. But uh, he, he also worked. So uh, he was he was so my you choice. don't mind that, do you? So, you know, especially at a level where you've got to have more of a work ethic and that's you know not a slant on no, not league two but 
he's sort of you've got more of a slider from say the prem where it's more skill yeah work ethic and then the further you get down the pyramid 100%. then it's more of a you know like say work ethic over and, and i'm a and i'm a big advocate for the saying and i'll probably get it wrong now that hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard sounds about right we'll go with that excellent um his partner i've saved it purposely to the end just for you uh his strike partner from the 90s um, we've had his son on FRI before, not quite managed to get the big man himself. But uh, again, a bit before my time, but Jan Agafjortoft is yep. my number nine for this team. The scourge of many a trip to the Hawthorns for me in the 90s to see us play Swindon. He might not have scored that many against us, but it just it feels just like he felt did. like every time he rocked up, it was like, he's going to score again, isn't he? Yeah. But there you go. Now, is, uh, would that be sort of like a big man, little man? Um, I, I just kind of yeah. uh, I, I leave I leave Jan up top and Jerry does yeah. the running. Got you. Le leave Jan to do what he does and score the goals, yeah. and let Jerry do the the workman like stuff. Is he on like Norwegian television or something? Or German like, TV? Uh, he does a lot of German football. A German? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because he is Norwegian, though, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So I've got that bit right at least. Yeah, that's right. Now, I'm sure he does yeah. Norwegian as well, but I know him and Marcus, his son. They do a lot of uh, German football coverage as well. So oh, okay. uh, his, his son's a really nice guy. Like I say, he's been on been on FRI before, and uh, really, really nice guy. And great on comms when he when he does BBC Wiltshire co comms. Superb listen. Mm. Okay, so at least you've got you know the next step in the family tree. Exactly. To get in Jan himself, so almost there. Absolutely, that's the dream. So, right then, so we've got you. The men who are going to do the business for Swindon yep. on the pitch. Yeah. Who is in charge? So I scribbled this one out a few times because I was trying to decide, do I want the best, like who is the best manager? And then decided I don't necessarily want the best manager. I've opted, and this won't really surprise anyone, for Paolo Di Canio. And okay. the reason for that is that that short period he was with us is some of the most fun I've had supported watching, uh, yeah. like supporting Swindon. And like this team's got quality in it. Paolo just brings the fun. Like it's, it was chaos between him punching dugouts yeah. and running across the pitch celebrating and, and everything that came with it. It would just be great to be able to go and have that much fun again. If, if anything's going to take, say, the attention off a subpar performance of this lot on the pitch, <laughs> it'll be that mad bastard Italian losing his shit on the sidelines. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's, a lot of a lot of us do believe, like, although our squad that year where he got us to, to the championship stuff, uh, uh, championship winning team that is, not to the championship. Yeah. <laughs> there was obvious talent in that squad. There, there couldn't not be for, for how they were playing and stuff. But even when you speak to, and we've been fortunate to have a couple of the players on FRI from that squad as well. When you hear that, if there was a bad game, you knew Paolo was going to say something like in the press conference and stuff because he would just, he would like, everything on me, just look at me, everything over here. Forget yeah. what's going on over there. Everything's about me. Absolutely. And it took the pressure off the players when when he was doing that. And I suppose while doing that, the players have got that little bit more freedom then, haven't they, when they're, when they're on the pitch? Yeah. But not to a degree. Although not if you talk to them because they said it was strict. Yeah. You will do this. Not as like, wait, on the gaffer's going to throw us under the bus if we do this, but if exactly. he's going to take the rap for it, fair enough. Exactly. Uh, yeah, um, I'm afraid that's it. 
Oh, I've really enjoyed this. Thank yeah. you so much. Matt, it's been a pleasure. Um, and it's nice as well. And I don't mean this in a bad way to other guests, obviously, but to discuss teams that aren't so well-known. Yeah. To like a, a wider run. I mean, you know, who, who's going to know Swindon Town in, say, like, you know, Kansas City or something like that? Yeah. You know, they'll know your Man United. They'll know Barcelona. But, no, we've, we've gone down the Swindon route today. And it's the third team in a row that is new to the pod as well. So we've got that little bit of a, a hat-trick going on. Although the oh, streak yeah. will end at some point, you know. There is going to be a Brock Lesnar to my undertaker at WrestleMania <laughs> 30. And, but you know what? I'm going to have a hell of a ride doing it. Mate, this is, I've really enjoyed this and and you are on to a winner with this content, by the way. I can't wait to, uh, can't wait to help post it out and share it out everywhere I can. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll find a a reason to uh, convince you to come on FRI sometime as well. If we get you drawn in the League Cup or something somewhere down no, the This line. is what I'm looking for. Who we, knows? The, yeah. the problem you've got with that, that, that's great in theory, but Swindon don't do cup runs. Neither do West Brom, to be fair. <laughs> uh, it might have to be a pre-season friendly. Yeah, we'll have to do a pre-season friendly. The good thing is me and you are, aren't really that far away from each other, so we no. can sort something out. I mean, there's the Warsaw fixture as well. That's yeah, not really yeah, yeah. away. So, that's it. Yeah. Warsaw away. I don't away. the Saddlers, but yeah. Um, now you can come to... in the Swindon end with us. Yeah, I've, I've done I've done the war slend against Barnes in the Plough, so yeah, we'll, we'll switch allegiance. Um, like I say, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, where can people find yourself and the rest of your FRI compatriots? So as, as much as I'd love to, to promote myself here, it, it's not the right thing to do. So most of our stuff, um, if you want to watch or listen, um, Fools Rush In on YouTube. We live stream on Facebook under the same name. We live stream on X under the same name. Most of our social output goes out through X these days. Um, I try and do both at the same time. Um, I haven't, I personally haven't quite mastered the Instagram game yet or the TikTok game. So I, I stick to Facebook and X. But um, yeah, we, we're live Monday nights and Friday nights from nine. Um, for And there's live chat and stuff available. After that, it goes out the next day on Spotify and Apple Pods and all your other um, podcast outlets. And uh, and yeah, just fools rushing everything is, is the social handle. So you can't miss us. Um, I'm, I'm that vain as well that I even made our logo my silhouette of my face. So uh, <laughs> you, you, you can't miss us. So that works well for the audio listeners, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But no, um, five feet, been great talking to you. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you soon, mate. Uh, mate, any time. If, if you're if you're short of a guest, when we just give me a shout, I'd love to do this again. I've not had a sequel as of yet, but... There's never say never. I mean, exactly. So yeah, right, five feet, I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Bye. Time now for the next chapter in the FM story with York City. And as of the last episode, um, we just got promotion into League Two. So it was a nice little uh, positive end to things. So moving on into the 24-25 season. Uh, in the Football League for the first time in, I'm not sure how many years it is since they've been in there in real life, but, uh, you know, fiction, reality, it all kind of blurs into one sometimes. But we're going to start off with August and we kicked off the League Two campaign at home to Stockport and lost 2-1. Not a brilliant start, but, uh, you know, onwards and upwards, I suppose. Um, Not focusing on the league positions too much until we get sort of a month or so in. Um, The second game... Not at this level, but it was still against higher opposition than we'd been used to playing. 
and it was the first round of the League Cup. We're at home to Millwall of the Championship, so you'd anticipate non-league team just come up to the Football League team in Tier 2. It would only go one way, but we came out on top 3-1, thankfully, so it was uh, nice to get a win under our belts to start with. Uh, we followed that up with a trip to Shrewsbury, and we drew 0-0. Uh, Tramia then came to York and took away all three points while beating us 2-0. Uh, Morecambe were our next opponents in the league and we lost 2-0 away there. Uh, second round of the League Cup was Lincoln away uh, of League One. Uh, we lost that one 4-1. Go figure. Beat Championship team, lose to League One. I don't know. Football, eh? And to round off August, we had a home game against Accrington Stanley. Who are they exactly? If you know, you know. Uh, we lost that one three two, so um, a lot of L's to uh, to round off the month of August, unfortunately. And going into September, that run continued. Oh, gradings by the way, board B, fans B, so not bad, I suppose. Um, EFL trophy lost three one at home to Sheffield Wednesday to start September, so that was nice. Um, Going on with the league positions now. So, first league game of September was away to Forest Green. Uh, they were 12th going into this. Uh, we were bottom. No great surprise given that last run of results. Uh, that moved them up to ninth, and we stayed where we were. Uh, Harrogate up next, away. Uh, lost that 1 1 0. So, before this, they were 23rd, and they moved up to 21st after this. So, Obviously, in League Two, there's only 24th and 23rd that go down. So they were safe at this point. But again, it's only September. The league's not done till May, I think. Anyway, uh, so we stayed bottom after that. After that, we were at home to Cambridge. We won 3 1. So they were 15th going into this. We pulled them back down to 18th and we jumped out of the relegation zone into 22nd. Rounded off September with a home game against MK Dons. Drew that one 1-1, one, one, and they were fourth at the time. Uh, that knocked them down to seventh and nudged us up another position into 21st. Um, the board gave us a B-, minus, but the fans were at a C+. Plus. Um, so a couple of other things to round off this. Uh, at the end of last season, um, who won what, you know, league-wise and that. So Premier League winners were Man City. And Sheffield United, Luton and Burnley all went down. Uh, the FA Cup was won by Man City. The League Cup was uh, won by Chelsea. Uh, the FA Trophy was won by Gateshead. Uh, Championship, Leeds won the league. Leicester took the second promotion spot. And Norwich won the playoffs. Uh, going out of the league the other way was Sheffield Wednesday, Watford and Plymouth. Uh, so League One, the uh, champions were Charlton. And second place was Derby. And Wickham won the playoffs. It was a bit of a surprise. Uh, relegated with Northampton, Cambridge, Shrewsbury and Leighton Orient. Uh, League Two, champions with Bradford City. Uh, Gillingham and AFC Wimbledon took the other automatic spots with Colchester uh, winning the playoffs. Uh, dropping out of the Football League were Crewe, Alexandra and Barrow. And obviously, you know that you know I managed to get York City promoted out of the conference or National League. Um, but the playoff winners were Altrincham, so they'll be joining us in League Two for the 24-25 season. <music> OK, 
Okay, time now for the six-tier champs, and we'll kick off in the Prem. Uh, Tottenham were the title holders at the end of the last episode after defending against Brighton. Uh, their next defence came on the 17th of February uh, against Wolves, which they lost 2-1. So, it's the uh, old gold and black army taking the title back to the Midlands. Uh, and the first defence was on the 25th of February, and that was against Sheffield United at home. And they won that one 1-0. Uh, moving into the championship and Bristol City had just taken the title off Southampton for their second spell and they defended against QPR on the 17th of Feb and they lost that one one nil. It's kind of like if you're familiar with the darts when anybody used to beat Phil Taylor in tournament, unless it was the final guaranteed next round, nine times out of ten, they'd lose. This is like that. Southampton with Phil Taylor. Bristol City come along, yeah, we beat them. Ah, oh, no, damn it, we lost again. So, QPR are now title holders for the first time in the Championship. They defended on the 24th of Feb at home to Rotherham, and they beat them 2-1. So, uh, QPR with a successful defence. Uh, League One, Portsmouth have now got the title. Spoiler alert, I've jumped a bit ahead there. Uh, they beat Reading, who were the previous title holders, on the 17th of Feb, 4-1 um, at Fratton Park. So their first defence was a 0-0 draw away at Charlton. So uh, yeah, it's a three-peat back on the south coast. Uh, moving into League 2, uh, Gillingham were holders going into their latest set of games after that. On the 17th of February, they lost to Newport. So that was 1-0 away. Uh, Newport then went on to defend against MK Dons away on the 24th of Feb, and they lost that one 3-0. So MK Dons, for the first time, have got the title in League 2 as well. Newport did have it. That was their first title hold as well. Um, into the conference, or National League if you prefer, uh, could have Mr Harriers were title holders going into the back end of the last episode, uh, their couple of defences were successful against Dagenham and Oxford prior to that. Uh, the next one for this one was Dorking on the 17th of Feb. It was a 0-0 draw, where they then lost to Gateshead on the 20th, 2-0 away. Uh, Gateshead then defended against Oxford City at home, and they won that one 4-0. And then they went on to play Woking away, and they lost that one 3-2. So we've gone from Kiddy to Gateshead, to Woking. Sounds like a bit of a tour, that does. Uh, so, yeah, Woking are now the holders in uh, the conference. Uh, conference North, a um, couple of changes as well. So, Brackley, in their third title reign, last defended against Southport and lost. And that was on the 10th of Feb. So, Southport's second title reign started off with a defence against Chorley away, and they lost that one 3-0. So, Chorley went on to defend against Tamworth on the 20th, and they won that 1-0 at home. So, Chorley, current title holders in Conference North. Um, there's only one division left now, isn't there? Yeah, Conference South. Uh, St Albans City were on their third run, and their latest defence was against Bath City away, and they lost that one 3-1. Bath City now with their second reign, defended against Truro at home and won that 1-2-1. And that was on the 20th of February. And on the 24th, they drew one all away to Haven't and Waterlooville. And that is everything for six tier champs.
FPL time now. Um, we'll start off with the league and uh, in the Prem, uh, your top four. I've, I've gone to top four now because yeah, why not? Um, in first place was after game week twenty five. Uh, Dan Griffin with Reese's Pieces. Um, second with 1,437, 24 points behind Dan was Reedy with Rodon and on and on. Uh, third place was Jake Davey and Kloppenheimer on 1429. And then in joint fourth, we've got Dwayne Parchment and Luke Williamson um, on 1,419. And at the other end, uh, it's pretty much business as usual um afc richmond which is colin from seismic cinema bottom uh, marcus whitehead second from bottom and third from bottom after game week 25 was rob oakley from the superlatives so um yeah never mind going into game week 26 your bottom three stays the same um stevie nussbaum is fourth from bottom but he's got a bit of a, a cushion of 40 points between himself and Rob Oakley, third from bottom. Um, so working up from fourth then in this one, just to change it up a bit, uh, Luke Williamson is outright fourth on his own uh, with 1476. Uh, just behind Rodon and on and on with 1484. Uh, only a point behind Reese's Pieces with 1485. And they are nine points off top place now, which is Kloppenheimer. So that is Jake Davey, top of the league. Um, in the Premier, anyway. And championship level, uh, top four again for this one. So fourth was George Gibbs with Backstreet Moyes. Uh, one of the Backstreet Moyes teams, anyway. Uh, 1407. And third was Julie Lakin with WKD Blues on 1427. Uh, on 1447 was Jaman Mustafa with the Sesk Pistols. And out on top again, um, it, it seems as though everyone's playing for second place seemingly at the moment. Uh, with 1486 is Kaylee Noakes with McGinn and Tonic. Um, bottom three, uh, bottom of the pile is DBG's Destroyers, and that's Dan Barker Gray on 1060. Uh, SQ Army from Owen Eves on 1131. And then third from bottom after game week 25 was Gopnik, and that's Ryan from the assist on 1175. And again, like I did before, going back from the bottom for game week 26, um, it's the same bottom three. Uh, DBG's destroyers on 1103, SQ Army 1175, and Gopnik on 1187. Your top four, again, still fairly close ish. Uh, it's the same four as last time, just a slightly different order. In fact, uh, George Gibbs and Julie Lake in a swap places. So it's WKD Blues fourth, 1464. Uh, Backstreet Moyes on 1467 in third. Sesk Pistols in second on 1496. And would you know it, top of the league, again, well, top of this division anyway, McGinn and Tonic on 1542. So a nice healthy lead there for. Kelly Noakes. So, into the League Cup this time. And we had, in game week 26, the quarterfinals. So, Aki and Saltfish took on Rodon and on and on. And they were victors 51-47, to 47, so that's Aki and Saltfish into the next round. Although, their opponents are yet to be decided because Shemakama Beachup and Marky Marks drew 60 points apiece. So, their replay will be 
in game week 27. And who are you? Beat Gangsters Allardyce 60 to 57. Uh, they will play Kloppenheimer, who beat Reese's Pieces 65 to 44. And those games will be taking place over the course of game week 28. And that is the roundup for the PFP FPL. So, play on words has returned for this episode, um, and the subject on this one was the Stone Roses, or their alternative projects, obviously John Squire with the Seahorses, Ian Brown solo. Um, so yeah, this is what has been sent in. Um, I say sent in, I'm going to start off with my ones. So, Love is the Boar, um, obviously Love is the Law by the Seahorses. Another Seahorses one, Happiness is Nutmeg Shaped. Uh, Onto the Stone Roses. Now, this is the 1 0. And one from Ian Brown Solo, F V A R. So you can interpret that one how you wish. Uh, Dean, who's a Man United fan, sent these in. He's got glove spreads so as a goalkeeper reference. Um, Pally Cinnamon, in reference to Gary Pallister. Uh, there's a couple of Stone Roses ones, obviously. Uh, Sterling Foy, which is, I believe, a play on Stella Foy by Ian Brown could be wrong uh, and then love is the dennis law which is a bit of an obvious one uh dan griffin uh as you might know from the utt podcast uh sent in a few he's got steve stone roses uh stone danny roses wagner love is the law uh straight to the first man and trust a rue fox uh, he's also gone a bit of a lyrical route as well Right, it's from She Bangs the Drums, and I'm not going to sing it, I'm just going to read it out, so you'll know the bit I mean. He's put, have you seen it, have you heard? Project Football's play on words. It's a big deal. Obviously, end of the line on that one. How could it ever come to pass? Won't be the first, won't be the last, to mash up music and football. So, well done, Dan, and getting your lyrics on on that one. Good lad. Uh, Greg from It's Only a Game went with Fool's Golden Goal. And... Dan's podcast colleague, Rob, uh, UTT Rob, went for I Am The Resurrection, I Am The Mark Bright, so another lyrical one there, and Alan Sugarspun Sister. Uh, Reedy went for Made of Steve Stone, and a couple from the lads at Seismic Cinema. I don't know if it was from Paul, Colin, James, I don't know, but they've given us a couple. Uh, Blackpool's Gold and Stone Moses Caicedo. So... After making a bit of a return, that was Play On Words. Right, we're going to round things off with the top six and a bit of new music for you. Um, If you're into your stats at all, uh, of the eight, yeah, I know it's called top six, but there's eight. Never mind. There's uh, eight bands in this one. Uh, Three are appearing for the first time. Five are appearing for, well, they've already appeared previously. Uh, Four of them have been guests on the show. And two of them, this is their debut single. So there's the numbers. Now let's hear the tunes. So we're going to kick off with a track from a band called The Fods called You've Not Got Me. Um, This was brought to my attention recently, you know, but the the song's a little bit older than some of the other ones in this. Um, It was released on the 18th of December last year. And you can find them on Twitter at Stenpills. So that's kind of like stencils, but with a P instead of a C. And Instagram at the Fods Band. 
So for your listening pleasure, here is the FODs and You've Not Got Me. Next up is Shabba with a bit of bracket work here. So it's open brackets, I quite, close brackets, fancy you. And ironically, that was released on the 14th of February. So as we all know, Valentine's Day. So I'm wondering if that was deliberate on the band's part. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, uh, you can find them on Twitter at Shabba Band, Instagram at Shabba.band. And they're also supporting uh, Red Eye Pariah who had a track, I think it was The Rounds, on the previous episode um, in the top six. So they'll be supporting them on the 4th of May at Record Junkie in Sheffield. So if you haven't got a ticket for that already, go and get one. And if you listen back to the previous episode, the tour dates for Red Eye Pariah uh, also mentioned in uh, in this segment. So anyway, enough about previous episodes. It's all about this one. So this is Shabbat with I Quite Fancy You. Number three is from a band called Headfeeder. Um, this is their debut single, and it's called Isolation. It was released on the 16th of Feb, and you can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Headfeeder Band. So here is a little bit of the debut from Headfeeder called Isolation. Get strong, we'll find you always. 
Now, one of the uh, bands now who have been a guest on the show um, is Marseille. Um, the lads from Derby have got a new song coming out on the same day this episode is released, the 1st of March, and it's called Monkey in the Middle. And you can find them on both Twitter and Instagram at Marseille Band. So here it is, Monkey in the Middle by Marseille. There's a lot of M's going on there. Next up, we've got the uh, lads from Bolton, the Shed Project. Uh, Roy and the boys have gone a bit more of a, a mellow sound for this one. It's called I've Got the Blues. Uh, if you want to find them on the socials, you can do on Twitter at project underscore shed and on Instagram at the shed project underscore band. Uh, this is out on the 23rd of February. So, um, yeah, get this in your ears. It's called I've Got the Blues by the Shed Project. I've seen the highs, I've also felt the blues Seen them come, I've seen them go Felt so high, I felt so low Suppose it's let down, just carry on Met so many people through the years Shared the laughs, I've also shared some tears I remember Pulled his head down Just carry on Oh why does life Take the good ones young I said why does life Said why does life Said why does life Take the good ones young So the other band with a debut single in this bit Is uh, Insight And their track Being Alive uh, That is also out on the 1st of March and you can find them on Instagram at Insight Band UK. So here's a little bit of Being Alive by Insight.
Next up is Skylight. Now, I realised when I gave the uh, numbers before that I said there's four bands that have been on as guests. I misread it as City Light, who have been on. Skylights haven't as yet, but that doesn't mean they can't be at some point in the future. So, lads, the invitation's there. Um, they have, however, had a track in the top six previously. So this is their latest one, and it's called Time to Let Things Go. I love it. You'll love it. You can find them at Skylights YRA on Twitter and Instagram. So here's a bit of the absolute banger, which is Time to Let Things Go by Skylights. Rounding off this one, uh, the eighth track of the list is Columbia. They have been on the show before, I can guarantee that. Um, This song is called The Weight. It's their latest single. It was out on the 16th of February. And you can find them at Columbia underscore on Twitter, Instagram at Columbia.music. This one, to be fair, as well as the other seven, is an absolute belter. This is The Weight by Columbia. before and I don't want to sound like a broken record but I'm going to say it anyway um, if you can interact with these bands on the socials or you know get a chance to see them live just listening to their stuff on Spotify or whatever streaming platform you decide to you know subscribe to um, give them a go you know you might just find your next favourite band Yeah, all the uh, social media handles and links for the band's Spotify pages will be in the episode description so you can go and find them listen to previous stuff that they've done go and get them in your ears oh well, that's it for another episode of the project football podcast i uh, hope you enjoyed it i certainly enjoyed putting it together um yeah 
if you want to get in touch with any of the bands from the top six, I've obviously gone through all their uh, social media handles and what have you in the segment, but I'll add them in the episode description as well. Um, if you want to contact the show, we're on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at proj underscore foot. Instagram at Project Football Podcast. Um, obviously the same on threads. If you search on Facebook for Project Football Podcast, you'll find us there. Email is projfoot at gmail.com. Uh, I've also got Discord started up recently as well. So if you want to join in on that, something different, I suppose. Um, Luke Williamson Art is on Twitter at LT Williamson Art and Instagram at Luke Williamson Art. It's on Etsy, which I'll put the link uh, for the shop or the store um, in the episode description as well. Football for Brains is on Twitter at brains underscore 21. And again, I'll put the link for the quiz book uh, that you can get off eBay uh, in the episode description as well. So with all that being said, again, thank you for listening. All I've got left to say now is goodbye and take care.